Hello, everyone, and a warm welcome to Ben Squared, an Invesco podcast seeking to share insights on the major market events in just 10 minutes. Uh, I'm Ben Gutteridge, your resident host and director of model portfolios here at Invesco, and I'm joined by Ben Jones, director of macro research at Invesco and our resident fountain. Ben, nice to be with you after the bank holiday weekend. I've missed you so. How are you? I'm very well, Ben. It's great to be back. Um, it's obviously getting towards the end of the summer. Um, I'm looking, really looking forward to the kids going back to school next week. I'm <laughs> sure you're in the, in the same boat. Oh, yes, <laughs> firmly. But well, don't mistake my laughter. I'm firmly in agreement with you. But uh, but look, Ben, as, as, as good as it is to talk to you about that particular subject, I'm not sure on the, on the, the focus topic today, you're going to tell me exactly what I want to hear. I'm nervous, you see, Ben, and I'm nervous about markets. And really, all I want you to do is to sort of hold my hand and tell me everything's going to be OK. But I'm not sure you're going to do that. But before we hear your sort of thoughts on you know, markets at large, data, policy and sentiment, a bit about China um, and how much comfort you're going to give me, I think we should tell the audience it's clear that they understand this recording is intended for UK professional investors only. Should be considered as investment advice and that any capital invested is always capital at risk. Uh, also, do please hang on after the conversation is concluded to hear some additional important uh, important disclaimers. Right. OK, Ben, let's get into it. Markets, as, as I implied, are on edge, uh, I think, really since the start of the month. So, I mean, what's your take on this fragility? What, what are the catalysts here? Yeah, look, Ben, look, I'm, I'm always here and willing to hold your hand and try and help you um, navigate <laughs> markets, of, of course. But the first thing I'll say, actually, is, look, a, a good degree of, of nervousness or scepticism, I think, is always warranted um, in these markets. Um, if you're complacent and you're, you think everything is fine, that's the time when you really, really want to, um, to start worrying. Um, so, look, I mean, markets are still very much in this sort of push-pull between the, um, the growth data, but particularly the inflation data at the moment and what that means for um, rates. Um, and we've been getting some good news and some bad news on both fronts, um, in fact. Now, I think the, the early part of August, and let's remember also August is never really the best month of the year for, for markets anyway. You're, you're trading on thin liquidity because a lot of people have, um, have jetted off on holiday, for example. But um, when you're getting some um, data that's suggesting that perhaps actually inflation is going to be that little bit higher and we've seen that come through because of gasoline prices in the US for example um, that makes me worry that rates are going to stay higher for longer and I think that was a, a lot of what was um, undermining markets in the, um, the late part of um, July and, and early part of August um, really so um, I think if we can see any of those sort of um, rate hikes being taken out by the market that's going to be seen more positively um, but if you continue to see inflation surprising to the, um, the upside, then we're going to, um, to see rate hikes staying in. The chances of cuts next year being taken out as well. And I don't think markets are going to take that particularly well. OK, well, that's a, a pretty clear narrative. Helps to explain you know, why markets have been both stronger earlier in the year and uh, weaker of late. I mean, are you seeing anything like more recently to suggest that uh, sort of softer US data you know, might uh, inject a bit more uh, risk or, or risk appetite into markets. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, things are winging around quite quickly. We're recording this morning of Wednesday, the um, the 30th. And yesterday we had some weaker consumer confidence numbers. We had some slightly softer um, jobs number numbers from the, the jolts reports as well. And that was taken very positively by, by markets. Yields were slightly lower, so bonds rallied um, and equities rallied, led by um, uh, tech stocks in the, um, in the U.S., 
um, on the back of that news. So really what that shows is that some uh, more, um, some softer, um, maybe not outright bad news on the growth front, but certainly softer news on the growth front means that perhaps some um, weaker inflation numbers are potentially coming through. And that's what um, certainly the market is taking as more, more positively. Um, the worry is that if you, you look elsewhere, you can see some worrying signs that actually inflation perhaps is going to start to um, either stabilise or perhaps even pick up um, at these levels. So this morning we had data out from or starting to get data out from Germany from some of the regional inflation numbers and they were a little bit um, higher than, than last month. Um, as I've already mentioned, if you look in the US, gasoline prices have been rising over recent months as well um, and that's starting to put some upward pressure um, on inflation um, as well. So I don't think we're out of the woods on the inflation story just yet and that's what makes me a little bit more nervous for the overall direction of equities going into the, uh, the back end of this year. Okay, well, staying on inflation as it relates to policy, of course, we've just had uh, Jackson Hole, you know, the Mm. central bank equivalent of the Rio Carnival. Uh, I don't know whether there was any sort of takeaways, takeaways you got from that as to where policy might be heading. Um, honestly, not too many, really. Nothing really new. And I, I sort of wrote about this um, the week before um, Jackson Hole um, itself, and I wasn't really expecting an awful lot from um, that meeting. And it's kind of exactly what we got, really. Um, the speakers, obviously, Jay Powell being the key speaker there, really told us a lot of things that we kind of already knew, that the central banks, the Fed, is still very much data dependent. So um, they're watching data as it comes out over the coming months, um, obviously the inflation and the unemployment data being the the two key pieces there. So again, looking at yesterday's jolt numbers, slightly softer, uh, maybe means he can be a little bit, um, he can maybe skip September is I think the, the hope there. Um, but uh, but no, uh, really, all it told me was that the Fed was data dependent, but that was nothing new. So um, a bit, as we talked about earlier, a bit kind of meh, I think, from the um, from Jackson Hole this time around. Okay, great. Yeah, well, can we, we can move on from that and we'll pivot to our sort of closing topic uh, of China, um, which is a pretty downbeat story at the moment, which in itself, you know, might be a better news story for inflation. But before we sort of talk about that, um, you know, China clearly got this sort of housing market challenges, the manufacturing sector, you know, such a manufacturing hub that's not really firing. Longer term trends, thinking about the population challenges, you know, that's not also a particularly encouraging story. Uh, but we had this reopening narrative, didn't we, this year post sort of um, zero COVID, an end to zero COVID policy. But again, that has fallen short of expectations. So all pretty grim collectively. What are policymakers doing about this, Ben? And, and is it is it impressing you? Um, not really at the moment. I think the policy reaction so far has been pretty um, piecemeal. Um, obviously, some um, push to cut mortgage rates, uh, for example, to try to um, stimulate demand there among um, first-time buyers. But um, again, thus far, that doesn't seem to be having much effect. And in fact, what we're seeing in China at the moment is um, households prepaying their mortgages um, rather than um, than taking out new mortgages. Um, obviously, there's an awful lot of oversupply in the um, in the property sector, and that's putting a lot of those property companies under um, a lot of um, a lot of pressure. The the worry is that is um, the Chinese property market sort of almost too big to fail, but equally sort of too big um, to save. And I think that's the, the big worry for investors um, right now. Equally, as you say, we had this um, sort of reopening trade at the beginning of this year, and a lot of us came into this year rather. Uh, 
um, excited and optimistic um, that we were going to get a strong China reopening. We get this consumer boom and this sort of travel boom from from China, um, and it has been rather rather disappointing. Um, and at the moment, the policy maker, uh, the policy action has been really focused more on the the monetary side rather than the the fiscal side. And as we've seen in the West, um, on the monetary side, uh, that's um, monetary and transmission has very long and variable lags. And in fact, probably in China, it has even longer and even more variable lags. So at, at the moment, the the, US, the Chinese household is still continuing to, to save and increase its sort of savings rate. It's not willing to, to spend. It's not willing to go out and buy new houses at the moment. Um, and that means that the economy is in, in somewhat of a, um, of a funk at the moment. And I don't see any of the policies at the moment really breaking that out and, and generating significant animal spirits in China um, just yet. Now, of so course, what is that? Sorry, yeah, so what, what, what does that mean for investment uh, strategy then as it relates to maybe the disinflationary forces for the world or, you know, any, any China specific uh, positions? Well, exactly. I mean, that's part of the good news. Again, one thing that I was very concerned about at the beginning part of this year was that the China reopening story was actually going to be an inflationary force and was going to hamstring some of the Western um, policy uh, makers. But actually, we've seen um, somewhat the opposite, that China now is exporting um, disinflation um, to the rest of the world. So you can certainly take that as somewhat of a um, positive news. So we're seeing that coming through in, um, in goods inflation and shipping costs and, and, things, like, um, and things like that. Um, but in terms of what it means for, for investors, I mean, at the moment, I wouldn't want to be jumping into um, Chinese equities and buying them sort of as, a, as an index. I think there certainly are a lot of opportunities within um, China if you can be selective in how you, um, you get that exposure. And there are smarter people than me that are looking at those um, different opportunities. Um, the way that we prefer to play it in the, in the multi-asset group at the moment is to still be uh, have a negative outlook on the on the currency. Um, I think the weaker currency is probably something that Chinese policymakers um, will want to see, even if they don't sort of actively say that. Um, so that would be the way that we are, are playing at the moment. The other thing I think I would, I would look at, the thing that's sort of um, making me think at the moment is that there is this idea that there's an awful lot of um, pessimism towards um, China and Chinese equities um, at the moment. And that, um, I think, is probably the, the prevailing wisdom. But there are some uh, sort of pockets when I'm looking at some of the data that says perhaps that, that pessimism is not quite as extreme as many of us may, may think. Um, so if you think about that old adage if you sort of uh, want to buy when there's, there's blood on the streets kind of thing, you want to buy when the pessimism is, is most um, acute. It doesn't feel like the, the pessimism is, is quite as acute as it perhaps it could be uh, right yet. And perhaps I'd, I'd want to see some more evidence of pessimism coming through before I would be jumping into um, Chinese equities uh, once again. So just sitting on the sidelines, as it were, um, with respect to the equity market, but certainly playing it through um, weaker um, China currency right now. Okay, great. And um, before I give my final question, certainly wouldn't it be a privilege to meet someone as smarter than you, Ben? Goodness me. But look, as I say, to close, uh, all I really want to know, Ben, as I said at the top of the meeting, is will everything be all right? You know, how are you feeling about uh, markets in general as we head into uh, as we move through the second half? 
Um, I think it's going to be a challenging um, end of the year. Um, I think um, I wouldn't, as I say, I'm cut you off there, Ben. No, 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 no. I won't. I will take the. I wouldn't take the big beta bet right now. But what I would say is there are a lot of opportunities. It's something that you and I have talked about a lot in these podcasts. That actually, for us, the best opportunities are within markets. And as I said, I've said that about um, China. Even if I'm not the best person to necessarily, um, certainly not a stock picker within China at all. But there are lots of opportunities within different equity markets, within different rates markets for um, investors to to make money. And I think, as you said at the beginning, look, markets are no. Investors are nervous at the moment. Um, there is a lot of dispersion at the moment. But you know what? With nervousness, with dispersion, that brings opportunity. And that's something that we've got to, um, to grab hold of um, right now. Um, but uh, look, I will be with you all the way, Ben, through the second half of this year. I will hold your hand and together we'll navigate that and hopefully help our listeners navigate that as well. Beautifully put, and uh, and some op- enough optimism in there for me, Ben, to to, to keep my spirits up. Uh, okay, we will wrap up there. Lots to reference in future podcasts, but uh, time is up. Uh, we'll be back as we usually are in a, in a fortnight. Uh, but do reach out to either of us on LinkedIn or Ben Jones on Twitter if you want to chat about anything before then. Or of course, do just get in touch with your Investco relationship manager. Uh, but before you go, please do listen to the following investment risks and information: uh, the value of investments and in any income will fluctuate. This may partly be the the result of exchange rate fluctuations and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Uh, this podcast is intended for UK professional clients only it is n- and is not for consumer use. Views and opinions are based on current market conditions and are subject to change. This is marketing material and not financial advice. It is not intended as a recommendation to buy or sell any particular asset class, security or strategy. Regulatory requirements that require impartiality of investment or investment strategy recommendations are therefore not applicable, nor are any prohibitions to trade before publication uh, issued by Invesco Asset Management Limited, authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.